Experience the unconventional. Evening, boss. The unpredictable. What's happening? And the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule-free Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio. Here we go. Let's have them all up. Let's have them all up. 03444991000 if you want to give us a call. That is the new... Is that the single, Jake, from My Life Story? Well, in this day and age, we, you know, you release singles every other week when you put an album out, but this that was the last single, yes. That's the digital Come single. Come a little bit that. closer to our I will. crappy yeah, mics. We'll, 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 we'll get nice and sexy. Get intimate with me. Because okay. um, Jake Shillingford, My Life Story, we've been banging on about My Life Story for... I don't know, Catherine, the last six months mm-hmm. or so, it, f- it feels like. I'm a huge fan. You are vaguely aware. Yeah, I'm new. You're new, and I'm, I will just keep is going. Is that because you've made her? Yes, it is. I think it might be. Yes, it is. I keep going, oh, listen to this one. Oh, listen. And she's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, okay, it's good. <laughs> right, okay. Um, but So we've been, we've been playing you a lot, man. And I tell you why. It's because we had the lovely Jim Bob from Carter in talking about his book, who's just the most delightful gentleman uh, out there. And my life story... Your band, you, got a mention in the book. Now, I was a huge fan, right? I was a huge fan. Never came and saw you live, but I had all the albums. And uh, there was a rumour when I was at college that one of my friends knew you and you were going to be at a party. Jake, oh, yeah, the guy from My Life Story is going to be at a party. Um, and I didn't go because I was a bit nervous. I don't think you turned up. Anyway. Um, Do you think they really knew him? I don't know. Did you know a girl called Ronnie from Middlesex University? You won't remember. <laughs> it's 20 years ago. Um, and uh, so I'd, forgot, I'd forgotten about you, Jake, if I'm completely honest. In this fickle world of pop... I'd, I'd forgotten. And I'd... I, I prevented you from going to a party. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. you scumbag. <laughs> and I thought, well, I wonder, a few years down the line, I wonder how these records are going to sound. Because a lot of stuff from the mid-90s, some of it doesn't stand up very well. But mm. man alive, yours uh, is deliciously swaggering and it's arrogance. It's wonderful, man. The stuff still stands up. Thank you. And now you've got a new album out. Yeah. Let's talk about the new album. Let's let's sell. Let's sell this bad boy because it's great. It's absolutely brilliant. It's coming out next week, is it? Or it's is coming it coming out tomorrow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. What's it called? It's called World Citizen. Yeah. And it, it I, <laughs> it's nineteen years since we released an album, but ironically, <laughs> I wrote all the lyrics in June. What of this year? Yeah. Well, geez, come on, man. What have you been doing? So, well, okay, so, all right, we'll go back to what I've been doing. So what I have been doing, I still do music. Yeah. I've been mainly composing with a wonderful uh, songwriter called Nick Evans. Mm. And the two of us write music for telly, film, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so we, we've been doing, we, we work with, I mean, we had music on, like, Homeland, uh, through wow. Showtime time in the US. We had a, our first feature film called Bloodfest, which is, I mean, composing music for a for a horror movie is just just for the listeners. Obviously, you don't just write a piece of music. You have to you have to relive the clips over and over and over again. And poor yeah. poor Nick had to sort of subject himself to the you know heads being decapitated <laughs> or over and over. it's like something out of Clockwork Orange. You know, you God. Just sort of, so we composed this uh, uh, our first feature film, um, Bloodfest for Rooster Teeth, which was last year. Oh! Oh, we're we big fans. 
fans of Rooster Teeth. Oh my we, God. They do a brilliant series called That was Dave... a proper woo. That yeah, was like no. Oh, in no. stereo. What's the name of it? What's his name? The guy that we've, we've been on the show. Owen? Josh. Owen Egerton. Josh. Josh Flanagan. Josh Flanagan. Okay. He, okay. They do a brilliant show called Day Five where there's a deadly right. virus out there and if Sounds you fall like asleep, them. you die. Yeah. That's... And it's Day Five of that. So Rooster Teeth are a great people to work with. Yeah, and, they, and I, I don't know if you, if you remember, but Rooster Teeth, the way they, they started was that they... Was it Halo? They... They mm. they used a game yeah. as the footage, so they they, they just, made little they films, the little figures, yeah. and, they, and they were the actors in there. For one amazing it's a really good attitude with that company. It's really creative. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you've been isn't that funny? It yeah. all links up. Our first feature film, yeah, our first one, done it. How did and it's, it's instrumentals? Is it for the film? For the film, yeah. How do yeah. you do that? Is it that thing where you're sat there like playing guitar and it's got to hit it at the right time or Or is it like with the old fashioned where they used to do um television theme tunes like blind date blind you know, like, <laughs> They used to sing that, didn't they? They did used to sing <laughs> Who wants to be <laughs> a millionaire? So do you do like now I'm gonna cut, cut your off the head. Head. <laughs> Which is it, Jake? Tell us. We need to know. I think I might know. <laughs> I just love the idea of sort of like... Maybe I also Bon Tempe organ 1970s music all over a horror film. In fact, Rooster Teeth would have loved that. I yeah, think. of course they would have done. No, I think the brief with that one was sort of quite a sort of John Carpenter, you know, kind of score. So... Um, and yeah, you know, there's, um, well, listeners will know, some will know, leitmotif, which yeah. is, you know, a, a, a recurring theme just like a chorus in a pop song, really. So, you know, yeah, we, we worked on a sort of recurring themes throughout the film, um, and that was a really great thing. So we've done a number of stuff like that. We've got... Um, what's the thing we've just got on the trailer? That's for... Um that's, that's the voice of Natasha, Jake's um, manager, who is in the studio but does not want to be on the radio, and you've just forced her to be on the radio. And, well she, and she said the word farming. Farming. There you go. Well <laughs> uh, you can chip in any time you want. I know you don't want to, but any time you want, you're welcome. Just just shout out or push him out the way when he starts gabbing on too much. <laughs> yeah, I'll, and I will do that. Farming, um, uh, we've, just com- we've just composed the, the trailer for Farming, so which is the new Skinhead... Uh, I don't know if you know, it's a new film uh, all about skinheads in Tilbury. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a bit like um, uh, Made in Britain, you know that. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? This is England. England. This is England, England. sorry. Made in Britain is written on the back of my shirt. The Marks and Spencer's shirts, yes. Yeah. Not saying your shirts are from Marks and Spencer's, I'm talking St Michael's generally. (laughs) It's a very nice shirt you've got on. I'd expect nothing less. Mm. Um, and uh, so we, we're so used to sort of writing for clients. I, I think, you know, and it's been a long time, so six or seven years. And I think it sort of came to a point where Nick and I, well, first of all, there's not, you don't write lyrics when you're writing music for film and telly. Right. You know, you're, 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 and also you're interpreting a brief. So you're really trying to get in the head of the director or the producer. You're trying to translate you know, what's going on in their synapses, they change their minds, you're, you're going on a journey with them. And that, in a way, that is a very fulfilling thing. If You yeah. you know, I think if you, you know, if you suddenly realise someone's dream, it's yeah. really, really rewarding. But of course, the other thing is, you know, I started off, you know, my life story actually started when I was, uh, I came up with the name My Life Story when I was at an Icicle Works concert at the Marquee, and I think I was 16. Wow. Uh, and Ian McNabb said, during a ballad, doesn't anybody want to hear my life story? Because they were all going to the bar. There you go. There you go. And uh, and I thought that's a great name for a band. Yeah. But I was only a kid, so that's been it's been going since then. So in my heart, I've always you know self expression has obviously has been a really important thing. 
So I guess, you know, after we, 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 we're grown up enough now to have our own studio. We're based in Brighton. And, you know, we've got the bits and bobs, you know. We've still got a stylophone, an original Rolf, Rolf Harris, Harris stylophone. <laughs> Uh, in fact, we recorded Stylophone on one of the tracks and I reckon that it's the only the second use of a Stylophone in a commercially released record. The other one, of course, being Catherine? Uh, Space Oddity. There we Very go. Good. Well done, you see. Yes. What do I win? You win um, the respect of two men. Yeah. I, only one <laughs> of which, Can only, I trade it in? Uh, only one of which was clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and that was me. Um... The new album is a joy. I was saying, um, you know, whenever a band... I like a lot of old bands, like Beach Boys and Monkeys and all that, and whenever one of my bands, my bands, um, releases a new album after several years, there's always that hesitancy when you put the CD in or, and you go, oh, is this going to be a stinker? And sometimes they're stinkers. Such a relief that yours is, yours is brilliant. Mm. The, your, uh, the world, world Citizen is the title, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so good. Uh, and, I mean, it's got... It, it's, it's a My Life Story record. Again, you know, 19 years later... It used... What are the bits? Uh, so, I mean, you, you know, you've been really honest. Yes. So you, you're a fan, you yeah. know. What are the bits to you yeah. that are the My Life Story bits? Because um, I the, don't know anymore. The, um, the lyrics... Um, I'm going to misquote this slightly, but you you look just like a million filthy, dirty dollars stood in front of me. I know I've got that slightly wrong, but that's just... i tell you what's in there as well. And it's so nice to meet you, because you're quite down to earth, right? You're you're a nice guy. Okay. But in a lot of the music, the earlier music more so, but there's still a bit of it there. There's a real cocky swagger. There's a real arrogance. And I was worried that that arrogance was going to be, was going to be, was it ever you? Was it ever, were you ever that arrogant? No, I use it as a coping mechanism. Really? Yeah, because it's funny actually, there's, you know, a lot, the Britpop thing is, is is all around us, isn't it? You know, there's yeah. all these um, reunion tours that are fantastic and, and lots of bands are reforming to go back on tour. And so, that you know, there's a bit of a top, there's a lot of young people getting into those groups. The, but when, you, when I cast my mind back, when I reminisce of those times, mm. the, you know, I wasn't prepared for the kind of schoolboy bullying... And right. and and just from the other bands, yeah, of of some other bands, yeah, um, not all, of course not all of the other, but but some, and it's funny because I've you know, you know, I'm 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 in my fifties now, and I you know I I know a few reasonably famous people from other decades, yeah, and I've and I and it's interesting, you know, we have a sort of chat about this thing, and I and I was talking to uh, Steve Norman from Spandau Ballet, mm-hmm. who, who actually played on, on the album, isn't played he? on the album. And uh, and and I and I love talking to it because you know Duran Duran, Spandau Ballet, you know, come on, you know, dish the dirt. And he's like, I've got nothing to say. They're yeah. all my friends. We're really close friends. We've lived through a decade together, the highs and the lows, and and we use you know we use television and we use, you know they were intelligent in the way that they use that. And I think. I mean the the, the books that I've read about the Beatles and the Stones and and all of there was know. a camera there was a rivalry but there was also a friendship and a friendly competition. I've done we're that. We're going to do that. Yeah, yeah. we're going to yeah we're going to out. But when it came to Britpop, I promise you, like the life that I led through it, mm. there was you know it just, people just there was no it wasn't it wasn't like, that that what we the whole generation taking on the world. There was it didn't feel. It didn't feel like we were, yeah, it was a, a unified, even though that it was perceived yeah. in that way and, and books are written in it that way. It wasn't a movement as such. No, and I think that, and in a, in a way, even in the movement, even the people that sort of, you know, 
I mean, I, I have a lot of theories about this. I think one of the things about it was that um, I don't think anybody believed in their wildest dreams that we would even sign to a major label. I'm not talking about just My Life Story, who signed to EMI, but all the other bands. I don't think we... Because you know, we, we were following on from all these indie bands, yeah. you know, that had signed to Creation. We were, that would have been the pinnacle. And then all these other sort of little, you know, bedroom record labels. Yeah. You know, I'll, so I'll ask... When when it when the sort of, you know, the gates the floodgates open and we were all allowed to sign, you know, I mean, my life story spent. A, it's a slight regret. It's a, people ask me if I have any regrets. We 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 spent slightly. We never hit the million with EMI. We spent nine hundred thousand pounds in a Man. year and a half. Wow! 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 Yeah. You should have done another video for hundred grand or something. Video, video, was... Videos in nineteen videos in nineteen ninety six were on average eighty thousand. Isn't that pounds. amazing? I live in Brighton and a and a three bedroom ter- a terraced house. Yeah, one of the colourful ones. That yeah, a really yeah. nice bit in the middle. At that time, I've done my research. They were the same price. So each video we did was a house. And you'd have a lot more money now if you'd well, have we bought. We did eight videos, oh, yeah. so it's monopoly. You'd have now, a street. <laughs> Uh, and I don't, I don't need you, to, you know, to name any names. But I've heard this. Before. I've, yeah. I've, have I've, you heard it? Have you I, honestly? Heard I've heard that. Okay. I'm going to say Blur. Yeah. Were particularly <laughs> some of Blur. Some of Blur. There was, um, and I've heard this from a few people. But the, the most outstanding thing was when Keith Flint from The Prodigy yeah, passed yeah. away, yeah. and James Blunt of all people came out and said, "I was at an awards ceremony." And um, Damon Albarn said he'd rather eat dog shit or something than, you know, and somebody else from this band said this and no one would want him to be on the stage with me. And Keith Flint from The Prodigy shook my hand and went and bought me a drink and said, well done, son, you're doing well. Something like that. Mm. And and, and I've heard a few stories about some members from Blur. I mean, there was a lot. We we don't have to go into too many details. I, I was on TV in the late 90s and the early 2000s. There was a lot of cocaine going around, yeah. and I think that is is one of it's such a non-creative, uh, selfish drug. It makes people very, very mean. And I, you know, I'm not asking for your personal history, but in the '90s in pop, there was a lot of that flying around. I wonder if that was part of the Possibly. problem. I, I think it's probably a mixture of a lot of things, uh, insecurity for from a lot of people. But I, I, I guess my general point is that to answer your initial question, is that, you know, now I... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really part of that. I mean, mm. I, you know, and... I, and and Well, I, th- I think my point was that I was never prepared for it. So yes. it was always a shock for me. Disappointing, I'd imagine. Yeah. To... There was, it was a funny moment. I was, <laughs> I was asked to DJ for a Britpop club uh, called Star Shaped, uh, and uh, they said, look, <laughs> it's this really funny story. They're really sweet. I love them. So I thought that I was going to bring some records that shape because I I didn't buy any records during the Britpop era because I was in a excuse me band, in a band <laughs> getting on with it and they were like yeah you're gonna you're gonna play some like Britpop records I was like I don't have any you know <laughs> I just don't have any and so I was, I'm there with me Scott Walker's on one arm and me Julian Cope's on yeah. the other you know and and uh, and they were like no and they had this sort of fairly strict guidelines I think it starts at. Um, Last of the famous international playboys by Morrissey, I think, is the, to them is the is the earliest record, okay, okay. and then it sort of goes into embrace. I yeah, think. so it sort of goes that arc. Yes, and um, 
so anyway, I had to. So I, I couldn't bring any of my records. So I did a deal with them. I said, like, okay, I'll I'll use your record collection, but I'm only going to play records of the bands that were nice to my life story. <laughs> That's brilliant. It didn't last. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty minutes set. Okay, we finished, guys. Yeah. That's brilliant. I, we're going talking about the the uh, new album as well. And by the way, the, the song we played at the start. This is how bad I am. Someone's just tweeted. What was the song called? No filter. Um, what else makes it a my life story album? It's it's lovely hearing your voice again. It's lovely hearing that voice with these very clever um, lyrics. Of course, I can't quote any now, but there's some wonderful, you know, little bits of wordplay in there. There's the bleakness of it. There's a song. And I, I, the overwinter we talked about is the great lost Bond theme. My God, it's it's bleak, but it's beautiful with the strings. Mm. You were saying that was a full 40-piece orchestra. Only you, you're the first person to mention that song. Really? In the summer. I mean, we're sort of technically a bit in the summer. But I like the fact that you picked up on that because, yeah, that's the last track on the album, and it, and it, in, a, in some ways, it's. I mean, some people have, you know, described it as a very positive up record, and but yeah, that that last record is, yeah, it it describes. Hopefully, it in some ways it describes that feeling you get as the winter sort of descends upon mm. you and you start to hunker down, and you. I mean, for me, I, that's when I really start addressing my emotions and stuff like that. So I think that's why it's quite an emotive yeah. song. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you picked up on uh, that. It's, it's lovely. And it's the orchestra, of course, and, it's, and mm. it's a bigger orchestra than you would not. How did you lot make any money? Because there were so many of you in that, in, in my life story, particularly at the start. I know it, it kind of pared down, scaled back a little bit as you went on. But how many were in, were in the band in the early days? So we... We always was 11, right. it was 11, um, and then we would add, depending, so we would bring in flute players and wow. all sorts, and double up yeah. on strings. Um, but it was, yeah, ostensibly a string quartet, a brass section, wow. and then keyboards, bass, drums, guitar, vocals. Um, and that was the, I mean, that was the idea. So when we signed to EMI, we just said, look, we're not, we're not interested in, you know, going in the back of a van and, and touring around the UK. This is it. Yeah. Take it or leave it. I mean that. I mean that. Uh, that gives you an idea of the, that confidence, that yeah. era, which you, you were alluding to. Take it or leave it. When we would we do one show in New York, one show in LA, and then I love the world. You know, of course, it didn't quite work out like that. But it was in a way I, I wouldn't have had it any other yeah. way. My last three. You know that bravado and cockiness that you. you, you I mean, it, it had to be like that yeah. because of what was going out. You know, everything was hyper. Sort of sensitised, wasn't it? The yeah. whole of that era. Was. You were the perfect pop star. That fo- is it. The White Room. Yeah. The, the, there's that yeah. beautiful footage of you, beautiful young man, that bleach blonde hair, the silver suit. Oh God, man! It's just a, it's just a stunning performance. And interesting to say that that, that cockiness. That ar- I don't use the arrogance as an insult. It, it's it is a beautiful thing to watch. You know, I want my pop stars to have something about mm-hmm. them. I don't. You know, the, the whole shoegazing thing. I never got. I wanted a yeah, show yeah. from 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 my musicians. Um, but that was you're saying that that was hiding what shyness, lack of confidence. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? But then I learned through that character to become the person I am now. Right. So it really helped me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. And my heroes were, you know. Adam Ant and, you know, growing up and, and all the glam rock, you know, some glam rock artists we're not allowed to talk about. Oh, we talk about Glitter on this show. Okay. Well, you know, the, I the, loved the, him. Yeah, no, I did as well. I did as well. I think, you know, obviously his heinous crimes yeah. of child rape to one side. 
as, as much as you can. He, <laughs> well, I know it's difficult thing, to yeah. kind of just push yeah. that aside. But we talk a lot yeah. about Glitter because I, lo- I love Gary Glitter. I yeah. saw him live so many times. Mm. Um, and he was an amazing it's a funny one. It's a bit like saying, say what you like about Hitler, but he, he had a quite a good haircut. Did you he? see um, <laughs> Hitler's last... This is going off on a tangent. This is how we're going to sell the album. Hitler's last remaining relative. Have you seen this? His no. last living relative. In Argentina? Is it that I, one? I'm not sure. He's just been convicted of being a paedophile. <laughs> Those Hitlers, huh? <laughs> Those Hitlers. <laughs> it's incredible. There's one song on the album. I'm terrible with song names. And I'm, if I, there's one song, I, mean, I might have to just play through all of them in a second, where, and also mine are in a really funny order from where I downloaded it from, um, that sounds like the, the Lost, the Lost Great Ultravox song. Oh, I think that's probably the Rose the Sun. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's like Ultravox. It's, it's brilliant. It's got that. That, the drum sound throughout the album is amazing. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, but it's got that kind of 80s sort of stifled drum. It's got those synths. And that's quite unusual for a My Life Story yes. track. That yeah. kind of vibe. How did you come about? Why did you do that? Well, I, actually, after My Life Story um, split up in the year 2000, I, I released two records under the name Exile Inside, yeah, um, which were... Um, with other composers, but I suppose ostensibly a, a, a solo project, and they were the idea for those was to you know to you know Marlas was big, expensive orchestration, Jimmy Webb, James Bond, you know all that sort of stuff, and then and then I wanted to just really reduce it and make it a small thing, and so I really got into Krautrock and electronic yeah. again. I mean, I was always into that. I mean, you know. I'm born in South End on Sea, and I was, I, you know, my father. Uh, well, actually, my father and my mother taught at South End Tech. Um, my, my dad taught Dave Garn, you know. From wow. Fresh Mode, yeah. So, and you know, there was various babysitters of that era when I was a little kid that were proper. You know, like Alison Moye were, were all these sort of proper. Alison synth- Moye was your babysitter. Well, a- apparently she she babysitted wow. me once, but I I can't verify it. <laughs> Just say it. This is the era of fake news. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think she was now, actually. Oh, no. So it's one of those. But, um, yeah, so I had, um, you know, yeah, so I was really exposed to all that electronic stuff when I was a kid. And and I think that with this album, I'm, a lot of what I'm trying to do is trying to create, like, quite, um, like, big soundscapes. Yeah. And I think that if you use a little bit of um, synthesis in it, it, it sort of, there's something about the roboticness of it that, that, that makes things sound really austere yeah. and sort of grand. Particularly when you put strings on the top yeah. of it, um, and I, you know, I, I sometimes think of like my heroes, like you know, sort of Jimmy Webb or, or I don't know, you know, or any of those sort of amazing Reg Guest and Wally Stott who did all the Scott Walker stuff and what how how they would have embraced synthesizers mm. in with those great grand orchestrations because I think there's a place for both of them. Mm. In fact, Depeche Mode I think used that really use orchestras really well. Mm. With with synths, I think there's a. I, I just love that com- combination of man talk, versus machine. Just talk Jimmy Webb. We've had Jimmy Webb on the show. Oh, yeah, we've, oh, I've met him once. Really, the highlight. Of Let's life talk now. Jimmy Webb in a second. I've got to do a break. Um, this is the late night alternative. We've got Jake Shellingford. My life story. There's a new album out. It's a joy. We're going to give you all the places you can order it and downloads and all of that stuff. Now you can you can buy it on vinyl as well. This is you know this is what we're talking about. Actual records. Um, this is Talk Radio. We are Talk Radio. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Go. Oh, uh, I'm not going to give out the number because I'm enjoying. Oh, we'll, we'll get. We'll, we'll introduce you to Nigel from Maidstone. Nigel's a singer as well. You might. You might. If we're lucky, you might and sing songsmith. for us. And he's a songsmith, isn't he? He might sing for us. Great. Uh, we've got Jake Shellingford here. For, uh, My life story. Uh, there is a new album out. World Citizen. Mm-hmm. Let's do the the business, and we're going to tweet the hell out of this as well. Where Where is the best place? Where do you get more money in your pocket if people go and buy it? Come to our website. MyLifeStory.band. There you go. Done. MyLifeStory.band. And there's CD, there's vinyl. Everything. You're not buying into that cassette no, nonsense, are you? No, don't. Good. No. Good. Good. That's, that's, a, that's a fad. But cassettes were always crap. They were good for making mixtapes for your mates. But you'd never go and buy a new, an album on a cassette. No. Um... <laughs> End of. I've End got of. nothing else to say. It's done. It's Although, so hipster. I'm, I had a box full. I made you a mixtape about yeah. six months ago. I was, I was thrilled. Was, well, you didn't use the stickers, that was... Good. I didn't use the stickers. I, I'm not very good at decorating the box, but I like making... It's part of the thing, isn't it? You've got to decorate the box. What do you box. think? Do you think, like, when you received a mixtape... Yeah. Like, uh, I made mixtapes for girls. Bet you did. I bet did you were good you? at it as well. Oh, I was really good yeah, at it. Yeah, the master. And ages, like, <laughs> I really did. I probably spent more time on that than on the girl. <laughs> <laughs> as, as the receiver of a mixtape... Yeah. Do you think you got as much pleasure and satisfaction as myself or Ian making it as a super question? That's good. Yeah. There was a lot of passion. It was it was like making an album almost. This one's got fun. No, this one's too fast. I need to break it up yeah. with this. Well, in my case, when I was a kid, I don't know how much thought they put into them. The lads that I was going out with. <laughs> Some of them had, you know, there were some weird choices in the middle of it. I go, oh, I think he might like me. I think he might like me. Oh, God, what's he put that in there for? Um, but it was always a pleasure to receive. It was always interesting, a little insight into someone's mind. You've got to do a couple of juicy ones that you know they're going to like before you go a little yeah. bit avant-garde, a little bit, this is taking a risk, yeah. and then a couple of the ones they're going to like again, and then, all right, well, this is going to be a real tester. If she points out this one, I know that we, we've got a connection. Yeah, if it's just a straight, like, recording of someone's album, oh, that's no. crap Oh, out. no, no. 
I always put a, sh a real, like a, a nice schmaltzy ballad, it's a little sexy one in. Yeah, there. yeah. What, what would be your, what would be your sexy choice when you were making mixtapes back in the not, day? Not Marvin Gaye. That's too obvious. So what is too no, obvious? Sexual healing. You're not going to whack that on the end. No, are it's you? too, Go. too <laughs> obvious. My favourite song of all time is Sexual Healing. <laughs> give, <laughs> give the tape to the girl, fourteen years old. What's he trying to say? Yeah, that'd be the one. That'd be the one where I'd. What? I wonder what the next song is. Oh, it's Sexual Healing again. <laughs> the twelve-inch remix. <laughs> Um, now, I, what is this? You've been nudged. You've got to tell us okay. something. We've got an exclusive for you. Oh, here we go. This and is exciting. And we need your listeners to help us. Okay. This is honestly all true. No. I'm not going... I'm, well, when I say I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to embellish this story. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so we were talking earlier about Exile Inside, which was this sort of solo project yes. that I did after my life story. Yeah. So there's two albums by Exile Inside. The first album... Um, I uh, was re recording it and I uh, was recording it actually uh, in the same place as Mark Armand, big hero and friend and supporter of the band as well. Uh, Mark uh, recommended a studio in Greek Street yeah. above a brothel, which is standard Mark Armand. Fair I would enough. expect nothing less from Mr Armand. Exactly. So above this brothel was a recording studio, uh, quite near the Gay Hazar. Do you know that? Uh, bar? I do know. It. Yeah, I do yeah. know. It. Yeah. So um, we were. Oh, I always love that name for a bar. Um, so we were we were recording the album up there, and um, it was a bit smelly. Going, it it smelled of urine coming. In. Okay, okay. I, I, it could yeah, have been worse. The, uh, yeah, no, it smelled of urine. <laughs> smelled something else. Okay. No, 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 it didn't smell good. So um, anyway. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell you the story. This I can't is the believe first I'm in the studio time. with Jake from My Life Story. This is such a thrill to him. I'm such a fanboy. And he's telling us something yeah, outrageous. Yeah, this is a big story. It's not even outrageous. It's amazing. Okay. So um, we're recording. Uh, so I wrote a song called Katrin, yeah. and I'm going to send it to you tonight. Thank okay. you. It's, it's actually on Spotify. So if any of your listeners want to go on Spotify uh, and type in Exile Inside and Katrin. Yeah. Okay. And it's a song... Uh, it's in six eight, and it's a song all about six eight time signatures. So it's like dum 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 dum, and it's um, you just sang House of the Rising Sun there. You know that's oh, the yeah. intro to that. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. ripped that oh, off. God, I'm now in trouble. <laughs> uh, so it's all it's all about um, uh, a girl called Katrina. It's a, it was a um, it's a fictitious school friend, and it's about growing old, and it's about looking back at your youth. Okay, yeah. so the end coder of the song, I thought. I know what I want to do. I want some school kids to come in and sing the end coda, the Beautiful. chorus at the end, as a reflection of this sort of old man singing. It's, again, it's a little bit of that sort of 60s style, Jimmy Webb style yeah. songwriting. So, uh, Roxana, our lovely trumpet player in My Life Story, she's, when My Life Story split up, she um, took on a teaching job in Ballam. Uh, and I said, Rox, you're teaching. Can you get me some school kids? Absolutely no problem. What do you need? I said, mm, about 10 or 11, not number, age. Yes. Uh, maybe two girls, two boys, something like that. So she goes, absolutely fine. So she brings these kids up. And what's funny about it was obviously that we've got these kids in the red light district. Yeah, in a very naughty area. So we get them upstairs through the sort of piss-stinking sort of corridor <laughs> of this place. Next, and we, next to the gay hazard, we get them upstairs. Uh, and it was quite funny because they were a bit feral and, and the windows were... <laughs> the windows were the windows were open on the roof, 
Yeah. To let because it's right on the roof, you know the sort of grey extensions mm. that they put on those yeah. places. So the roof was open, and they were climbing out of the roof, climbing on the tiles. It was one of those. Jeez. You know, grabbing these monkeys and pro- pulling them back yeah. in, and you know. Anyway, so we got we finally got down to recording this end uh, coda, and the lyrics were, um, "When are you coming out to play, Katrin?" So it's like you know, it's all about sort of, it you know, the m- morning. Maybe a lonely man that was wishing that he still had his friends at school, that kind of thing. So anyway, these kids started singing. And uh, at the end of it, I took all their names down. I said, thanks, folks. There was one particular girl, actually. She was really great. She was like the sort of leader, yeah. really. Uh, and uh, so I said, oh, and she was like, I'll get you all your names. I'll write them all down. So she wrote all the names down. And I said, I'm going to give you credit on the record. So credit to all these names. Beautiful. And, uh, and a share it. of the millions that it no doubt millions. made, of course, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's the end of the story for now. Yeah. Okay. Then about a year ago, a fan of my life story contacted me and said, I think, you, I think you need to look at your liner notes. Uh-oh. You really need to read them. Uh-oh, what so, have you done? So I open up, so I'm, I, get this, I get the CD, I open up the liner notes. He goes, read, read who's sung on your record. So I start looking down. Adele Adkins. First ever recording. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I yeah. I, I think I've recorded Adele's first ever record. <laughs> and there's your exclusive. That's amazing. So, well, how do we monetize this, Jake? There's got to be. Like, I don't think no. she needs it. <laughs> no, <laughs> him. I want him to get a percentage of her millions. No, what? Okay, so here's the next thing. Has so, anyone got Adele's number? Call us now. As soon as I heard, That's now I, I live in Brighton. Yeah. And and Adele, to my knowledge at that time, I think still lived in Brighton. In fact, I knew the rough area where she lived. Yeah. And I was going to, I cycle a lot. I was going to do this thing where I was going to put the CD in a bag and just cycle to her house and knock on her door. I mean, it's one of two or three doors. Right, yeah. Yeah, I thought it would be quite cute. That'd be lovely. But then someone told me she moved, and oh. I didn't know where she moved. So at this time, <laughs> I I just want to give... Because we, we've got about... Th- how, Natasha, how many copies of the album do we have left, physical copies? Literally about four or five. Yeah, the so world. these are... I mean, I'm, I just want to get... beautiful. I want to get a copy to Adele. Yeah. Is there anybody that's listening that could perhaps... <sighs> Help us out, or anybody at Talk Radio. Let's, let's, let's try. Let's. Try. This is a long shot. Nigel. <laughs> oh, hi guys. Do you know where? <laughs> do you know where Adele lives? Uh, no, certainly not. I oh. don't know if I don't live in London, do I? No, I think she might live in America somewhere now. Oh, I think she's in New York somewhere. Okay, well that's a start. That's okay. a start. We're closer New than York. we thought we were going to be. So, if anyone knows how we can get in touch with Adele. Yeah. So that is amazing. It is Did she have crazy. a voice then? She must have had a voice then. I really, I genuinely remember her as being, I mean, all I remember is that she was, you know, a really strong leader and yeah. she was very confident. Yeah. And she must have been about 11, yeah. Isn't that amazing? And when I contacted Rox about this, the, uh, the Marla Story's trumpet player who, you know, who got her from school. Yeah. And, 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 and obviously fans of Adele that are listening to the show will know that she went to Ballon before she went to the Brit School. Yeah. Um, and even though she's from Tottenham, obviously, but on the other side of London, but she did study there as a kid. So it all, yeah, it, it, it is her. I mean, it is her. That's so, incredible. Yeah. Wow. I know, it's so weird. I just think she could, 
like pay off our mortgages without even thinking about it. That would be like nothing to her. I don't, yeah, it's not really, I just would like. <laughs> no, that's it, not why you're doing it. But I'm just thinking if there's any associated glory with I'm this. I'm so glad you're not my manager. <laughs> Uh, or am I (laughs) we're going to take a quick break and we've got to come back we've got a little bit more from my life story this is Talk Radio The Wild Man of Late Night Radio The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio sorry you may have just heard heard me telling my guest to shut up Jake from My Life Story to shut up that's the disrespect we have honestly I'm such a fanboy Jake I'm really Really trying to hold it together, but but Kath is no something. I think he's coming in next week. Oh God, they're going to cancel the show for bloody Brexit. Um, you were telling me what sounded like bullshine, but I'm going to get that you how you recorded the strings for this album because that's a, that's another thing that makes it sound like a my life story album uh, is the strings. Although less than perhaps one would expect from the first couple of albums, mm-hmm. it's certainly got. By the way, the drum sound on the album is incredible. It really snaps and, and crackles along. But it's it's got a really um there's a really strong guitar sound, which is more like fanboy. More like the kind of my life story towards the end, you know, sort of ni- mm. late nineties as opposed to the earlier when it, it, it so, but tell me about the orchestra, how you recorded the orchestra. Well, first of all, I mean, you mentioned the drums there and, and Chris Hardwick is the drummer, an amazing drummer. So oh, he's let's, great. Let's, let's mention the man's name. Yeah. He is a phenomenal player. It's brilliant. Uh, and um, a guy called Steve Evans spent a long time, re- setting, a whole day just getting this. It's quite interesting, actually, with the recording of the drums. So it's, they spent a whole day getting the sound brilliant. and then a day to record all, all the drums. Isn't that mad? So that you know, just shows you how good he is as yeah. a player. So he just, he just did all the tracks in a day? Yeah, well, actually, the rhythm section, so uh, Chris Hardwick and Jack Hosgood, who's the, the, the bass player, they record, we recorded the rhythm section live. Wow, and I old thought that, school. Yeah, yeah. And, I th- and then we used all the you know gizmos and stuff over the top, but that ga- I think that sort of gave it that Do you know sort what of, that shows? Because, yeah, okay, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a great section. So, orchestra... Yeah. So, we... Because Nick and I record, do all this, the, the sync and TV stuff, um, we were very fortunate that some friends of ours said, look... OK, so you know what happens in the film and TV industry. What happens is quite a lot of time, if they're, if they're making a, a number... So, so, say, a production company like Endemol or the BBC or whoever and they need strings on some some TV shows, they'll wait for a while and then they'll bank them up and then they'll book Abbey Road and they'll record a whole day of orchestra mm. on I don't know, a kid's programme and then it'll be a right. thriller and then whatever. So there was some friends of ours that said, look, there's this place in Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> it's around the back of the railway station. Yeah. No, there's a, there's a really great place. And, you know, it's a, it's a... I mean, you know, in Hungary, they've, they've got loads of famous composers. Yeah. Is it Handel? I think it's like, so loads of famous... I'm keeping out of this bit of the conversation because I don't want to embarrass myself, yeah, but OK. I'm getting close to it. But, yeah, so we 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 were aware of this. We, we'd actually have been there before. And, they, and uh, you know, those Eastern Bloc countries, a lot of film and TV companies use them because they're relatively cheap, but it also... They, they, they play the strings with a certain... There's loads of stuff I've really learned, like, like orchestra... There's a sort of stereotype of orchestras in different countries. Right, okay. So, there's like a sound for each there's country. There's a sound for each wow. country. So in America, it's supposed to be like that Disney sort of yeah. orchestra. So, they, they, you know, they, they, it's very proficient, but it, it might be a little cold yeah. sounding. In Hungary, it's, it, they say that it's like quite emotive. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't care if it's a little bit out. That's what orchestras are. That's the whole idea of an orchestra. They're yeah. all a little bit out with yeah. each other. But um, so anyway, we managed to arrange. We piggybacked on the end of a session. We got an hour to record a 40. There's a 40 piece orchestra, string orchestra waiting for us. So there's a conductor that, that obviously conducts the orchestra. He has a pair of headphones on. There is um, an arranger who also has a pair of headphones on. He's in London. Me and Nick are in Brighton. This is nuts. And we all log on to a piece of software on a computer, which is a bit like a kind of... It's a Skype for... Music com- compo- people. Composers. Right. And you all go on and you've got your little box... You're, you're in a box each of a box. And you hear this, you know, orchestra warming up, just, you know, hairs which is, on your is back. always a great sound anyway. Hairs go straight yeah. up, you know, and then it's like, hi, it's uh, Georgie here, and uh, I'm the conductor, and uh, yes, I'm looking forward to <laughs> And then, you know, the, then the arrangers go, yeah, right, Jay, yeah, oh, Jay, oh, Nick, yeah, yeah, great, I've got the scores, he's got the scores now, we're ready to go. And, and we're, Nick, Nick and I are just like sitting in a room in front of a laptop, yeah. and our song is being born wow in hungary that's amazing with a conductor you don't see it you don't you just and that's in a, in a way that's mm. like radio you know you yeah. just visualize it and uh that was an incredible experience and those guys because they're, they're doing it in one take i'm guessing because because yeah. they all they're all the music's there they're reading it and they're just doing it yeah they do it in one take but of course then it comes down to interpretation so they'll, right. they'll record it in the way that the, the conductor is conducting it in, in, probably in a fairly uh, stand, standard way so it'd be like okay. keep in time and play these notes yes. and then they'll play it and then you say then the the arrange the uh, the person that's, well we arranged it but the person who scored it out is a real arranger not someone like me who just goes la 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 can you play that or Nick who goes you know <laughs> half, kind of half you know sixth form sort of yeah. you know music theory um, he will say, yeah, guys, you know, uh, do you think that should be a bit more allegro at the oh, end? Oh, OK, so there's a few little yeah. nudges and a few little shifts and changes. Yeah, and, then you, and you want to get that emotion or you want to say, can you swell here yeah. or can you dip here and then you can get, really get into it. But obviously we only had an hour, so it was a bit fraught. you got you got a tour coming up, of mm. course, thank God. Uh, starts on Saturday, November the 2nd, Islington Assembly Hall, it's where we saw love recently. Uh, then it goes to St Albans at the Horn. Where's the Horn in St Albans? Uh, it's, I know where it is. Okay, good. Catherine knows where it is. That's I'll great. I'll tell you later. Thanks Catherine, very much. I'll show you. Uh, <laughs> Especially <laughs> escort you. <laughs> it's, is... quite, it's really well known, the Horn. I know. Did you do a gig there? No. Yeah. That's, no, that, no. Did I? Mm. I might have done. Who knows? Uh, these are all through November. You've got uh, Norwich, the 21st, uh, Hebden Bridge, the 23rd of November, uh, you got Hull, you got Worthing, Bristol on the first December, then a, then a break over Christmas and New Year in Glasgow in, in February, and it's all on mylifestory.band is the place uh, to go. Do you still do you get a kick out of performing still? Yeah, I've I, never seen you guys live. I've watched lots of videos, right? Um, and you, you you're a master of the rock kick. I love a Oh, I love that. <laughs> on it. I think that's such a sexy thing. You, it looks like you enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I try to give it up many times. And, um, yeah, you know, without going into too many personal details, I think sometimes when you just at your absolute lowest ebb, you just look at, you know, you sometimes, you know that thing where you just sit there and you think, well, who am I? What am I? You know, what is my place in the world? Yeah. Whatever. And I've always just gone back to I am a songwriter and a performer and that is my job. Yeah. And that is the thing that makes me happy. And whether I'm playing in a 
bar somewhere. I mean, I, I am going to be one of those sad old crooners. I'm, folks, I'm already 53, so I'm probably <laughs> that right now. Um, He's but, <laughs> 53, I'm going to give him that. But, but yeah, I, mean, I, 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 that's how I've accepted that. You know, that's what I am. Because was there a period, without dwelling too much on it, when, you know, my life story big, you're on telly, you're doing big tours, you're selling a few records, and we said before, inevitably, there is always a period when, you know, the band splits up and you, suddenly you're not such a hot thing. That must be tough. That must be an incredibly tough thing to live with. You know, I mean, it's similar for me when I was on TV. I did a few mm. big shows and couldn't couldn't mm. get a job anywhere for, for a couple of years, you know, and had to kind of start at the bottom again and work up. It's yeah. tough on the ego, isn't it? Exactly, and I think that, you know, I think when you're, when you're, when you're in a band, I don't, I don't know if it's similar in, in your position, but when you're in a band and you sign a record, the, the, the record label's job, we all know, is to, is to hype the band. So it's like, this is the best band we've ever signed. Yeah. This is going to go to number one. I mean, I remember EMI going... You know, there were a number... The, EMI were going, 12 Reasons Why I Love Her is going to number one. Wow. They actually sat you know, down and said that. Yeah, they were like, it's 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 going to... It, you know, it's it's going... We are going to make that a number one. And no matter how level-headed you are, even if there's a tiny slither of a thing in the back of your mind that goes, oh, it might do. I mean, this is EMI. This mm. is the, they know, know what they're talking well, about. They're a great record label yeah. as well. You know, and we were signed to Parlophone, which was the Beatles record label. You know, we were, we were, we were, our label mates were, were Blur and Radiohead. So, you know, you, you, I'm not necessarily saying I believe that, but if you put all of that, that kind of stuff in someone's head. It's hard not to, to get, I got sucked into the hype of you're the greatest talent we've ever had. Yeah, you, yeah. Get, you, you get sucked yeah. into the excitement. Even if, but what, I guess what I'm saying, Ian, is even if it's a tiny, tiny yeah. bit, it's still there. Yeah. So and then when you when you eventually get dropped, you know, we're all you know it's like death and taxes. You know, yeah. but Madonna will be dropped one day. Yeah, you know, yeah. and um, you know it, it's it's amazing. It's, it's when I say amazing, it's it's such an intense feeling when somebody says, "That's it, folks." And quite often, I mean, I've spoken to loads of bands about being dropped. It's almost like one of my favourite pet subjects. Yeah. It's like when I get to know a musician and we're, we're good friends, I just go. Just tell me, you know, what was it like? You know, and I've heard some incredible stories, like bands that have been like in the top ten, and 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 the accountant's gone right. Uh, well, you know, we've we've it, it's not really about you. I think a lot of fans don't realise that it it's it is about the bottom line. Mm. It's, we've invested so much money in you, and you've only gone to number ten. Mm. So you know, I'm afraid we're going to have to let you go. Incredible. Yeah. So it's it's that it's it, it, it you know and it and for your mental health. That 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 sort of peak and that fall to even the sanest person on the planet has got to have yeah. some kind of effect. Let alone anybody in the music industry. And let's face it, if you're in the music industry, you're probably going to have a mental health issue. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's an excellent observation. So it really kills us. Do you know what I mean? For a long time. And so were you? So we're going to end in a minute. I want to end on a positive. Did, mm. Were you? I know you have Happy a lot to talk about that at any other stage, though, because that's something. Well, I'm then quite let's get you back. About. Come back in yeah, again. Yeah. Come we back in talk, again. Okay, because I don't. I, I didn't want to tread on uncomfortable. No, it's all good. You're coming back in. We're then. doing we're that. Do we're doing mental health special. Well, let's do it because I talk all the. I'm always talking about you know nearly killing myself <laughs> and all of the fun stuff. All right, we're going to get you back in then. But I do. I want to end on a positive. Uh, you've obviously got a close relationship with the fans because I've seen it on the Facebook oh, and all of that. That must be amazing. Unbelievable. That to release an album 19 years, you know, under the banner My Life Story, 19 years after the last one, 
the support and the excitement and the fact that it's, you know, it's pledges. Fans are going, yeah, I'll give you 20, I'll give you 50, I'll give you 100 quid for all. I've seen you been playing people's, like, back gardens and birthday parties as part of the pledge mm. package. So it must be amazing for you and, and do your confidence, the world of good, to have so much love and so much support, both financial and emotional, from people 20 years after you last put out a My Life Story record. And imagine the intensity of... I mean, have you ever done a show to yourself to, like, sort of, you know, just a small... Yes, quite, <laughs> quite a few times. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've probably set that up a bit yeah. too badly, really. But, but, you know, the intensity yeah. of playing in some... You know, you're invited in someone's home. You I know. saw you in someone's back garden. I saw yeah. pictures of you in someone's back garden. Yeah, we go into someone's home and they're, they're like, oh, you know, can you set up sort of in between the yucca and the barbecue, you yeah. know, and you set up and... And and the, and what's lovely about it is that obviously if it's their fiftieth birthday or whatever it, whatever it is or their wedding anniversary, there's always a contingent of of people that don't know the band yeah. because they're like you know Uncle Fred's coming and blah 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 and it's so lovely them explaining they're like uh, this is Jake uh, he's basically you know like I I grew up on his records and you know blah 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 and 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 you know and I've and, and and I'm using you know I've hired Jake and Nick to play and my money's going towards making their record but also he's gonna you know it's like it and that's the best yeah. thing about DIY is that exchange it's it's a it's a mutual beneficial exchange mm. so that we can we that money then goes back into making more records more music and for them I mean it, it's quite incredible seeing the I mean the emotion I mean the oh I the, bet the last one we were doing there was loads of people crying wasn't there and stuff like that and it was. We played in for for somebody um, recently whose whole family is four children. He brought them up. He made them listen to my life story. It's like some sort of crazy religion, and they were all, they were all sort of bowing down in front of <laughs> with feather boas on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's brilliant. It's so nice to see you, man. Honestly, I'm I'm so thrilled that you come in. I'm so that the album is just. It's just an absolute uh, uh, joy. If you want to uh, get it, mylifestory.band, World Citizen uh, is the album. Um, and I'm, we, Kath and I are going to come on November the 2nd to the, the Assembly Lovely Hall. Lovely to have you there. My first, my first My Life Story gig. Wow. Um, so uh, I'll be at the front bowing down <laughs> and in tears. We'll get um, you a feather bow. Oh, mate, please do. It's so nice to meet you, Natasha. Thank you so much for sorting this out. Um, this is The Late Night Alternative. Uh, we'll be back after the news on Talk Radio. Moonlit musings for mums, madams and meat packers. Oh, never mind, I must have misheard. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On Talk Radio.